Instagram is not a way to grow your audience. There's an audience to grow, just like your email list is an audience to grow. But unfortunately, you need to be getting in front of new audiences and then driving them back either to your Instagram or to your email list. Welcome to Imperfect Action. I'm Steph Taylor. For years, I read all the books, downloaded all the freebies and did all the courses. But it wasn't until I started taking Imperfect Action that my business had its first million dollar year. Imperfect Action is about doing things before you're ready, prioritizing consistent action over perfect action, and moving forward, even when you're not sure you're doing it right. On this show, you can expect mindset advice, actionable marketing tips, and strategies to build a business that brings you more profit, more freedom, and even more joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co forward slash DBB or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome back to Imperfect Action. This is episode 586. Have you ever wondered how on earth to stand out in the online space? Today, I am coaching one of my students who is in a very saturated niche within the online space, and that is of the sort of dating and relationships niche. And she's really struggling to stand out when her content goes a lot deeper than a lot of the easy tips and tricks, the the really high-level, simple content that most of her competitors in the space are sharing. So today, we are workshopping how she can start to share content that helps her to stand out so that she can get those clients to sign up for her course when she launches it. And I'm very excited for this episode because I know it's something that many of you struggle with. So if you are finding it difficult to stand out online, let's jump into today's episode because you're going to get a lot out of this. Nora, welcome to Imperfect Action. I'm very excited to have you here. Would you please introduce who you are and the challenge that you would like to workshop with me today? Yes. Hi, Steph. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited and ready to share and get some feedback from you. So I recently published a novel titled My Year Without Men. So it's focused on relationships and I want to continue building on my platform and my brand to reach um, basically women interested in personal development and relationships. But it's a saturated, um, uh, you know, platform. So there is a lot of behind the scenes work that I need to do and obviously help from you. Yes, absolutely. So where at the moment are you struggling the most with that? Like what specifically within, you know, building that out are you struggling with the most? I think what I need the most support with is translating the content I have. Um, as you know, more on a academic background, I've studied theology, philosophy, psychology, and education. So it's a very dense academic background. And I feel the urge to help a lot of women in relationships and personal development and fulfillment and happiness and all of those topics. Um, but I think a lot of women and people nowadays probably, um, get a lot of this type of content from maybe blogs or even magazines. So like the easy to reach 
or access content that maybe people are more accustomed from self-help content, basically. Um, so I need to bridge that gap, like you always talked about, to really reach reach the audience that I need to focus on. And I wonder also, though, if the ideal client that you're trying to reach for your course isn't somebody who is focused on the easy to consume content. They have maybe already tried the easy to consume content and they're still mm -hmm. not getting the results and they are ready to take some, uh, ready to do something a little bit more seriously, a little bit more differently rather than you trying to compete with the really, the simple, you know, the bite sized tips and the really simple content that's obviously not getting them these results. I wonder if that's now your ideal client is that person who's really tried everything and they still haven't seen those results. How does yes. that, how does that feel? I think that's right on. That's what we need to, that's the direction we need to go in. Definitely. Yeah. And then I think a big part of your marketing, you're probably going to need to have a lot of that marketing is going to be empathizing with the fact that they have tried everything. And they might be questioning, you know, like, what's wrong with me? Am I doing things wrong? So then your content really begins to meet them where they are right now with those, those pretty heavy emotions of like, am I broken? Like, what's got, like, why am I not doing this right? Why is everybody else finding this easy? And sharing content that shows them why they haven't succeeded yet and introduces them to your different solution, which is obviously a lot heavier than the other solutions that they've tried. But it's also, you know, you've got a few different things that set it apart and that's why yours is going to work for them. Yes. Yes. Uh, so what would you suggest if they're just to hone in on the client type or profile would be women from like 25 to 35 or go up to 55? What do you think? I would say a little bit older than 25, especially because, okay. you know, you are, you do come from that academic background. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, and obviously do some audience research around this, find out. Mm -hmm. But I would imagine that women on that younger end are probably consuming more of the bite sized tips, the really easy to consume content that they're getting from all of the blogs and things that they're following. But somebody who's a little bit older, they've probably tried everything and they're really now they're serious. They're like, okay, I'm at that point in my life where I'm ready to try something different. What I've tried so far isn't working for me. Maybe I need to try something different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. I will start focusing on that. And now for the social media content, I feel my challenge is the flow. Like it, I am improvising right now because I haven't defined all of this that revolves around my brand. So I improvise all the time. So from what you know, from what I'm doing, what would you suggest or how can I, what parameters should I set to as to what do I share on social media to move like the flow of people and interested in my products? Yeah. And I mean, obviously you're in launch magic, so go back mm -hmm. as well and watch module one and module two again for mm -hmm. like all of the magicians gap things. But mm -hmm. what I would really suggest is, you know, focusing on things like why what they've been doing hasn't worked so far. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, a whole series of social media posts for you could be, um, you know, this is what every dating blog out there tells you to do. 
mm-hmm. and this is actually why it hasn't worked for you yet. Mm-hmm. And breaking that down and yes, applying, obviously applying the research, applying a little bit, the, a little bit of the academic stuff, but making it really simple and consumable. I think okay. that's, that's really a, such a big opportunity for you to demonstrate your expertise and your knowledge by taking such an advanced concept and advanced research and putting it in really easy to understand terms. Love it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can, you can say like, I don't know, when I was studying for my thesis, I came across this piece of research and in layman's terms, it said this thing, this thing, and this thing, which means that for you. So always relate it back to them. Always put it in terms of you rather than, you know, talking about people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should I focus? And that's where I struggle a little bit in the sense that I'm already married with two kids. So I don't really, I'm not going through the dating stage, obviously, and maybe we'll never have the type of experiences that other people have, you know, like, like a lot of the current topics are like not dating a toxic type of guy or those type of trending topics. Should I also use that opportunity that people are interested in that to use those topics? And But you can also, so rather than jumping on a topic because it's trending, if you notice that maybe some other, you know, some other people in that space or other businesses in that space are giving advice around, mm-hmm. you know, this is how to not attract a toxic person to date, mm-hmm. for example. Then what you could do as a piece of content would be breaking down the advice that you've seen people giving online and explaining whether, you know, why this works or why this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Because you you don't need to disagree with everybody. Like we don't want to disagree with people just for the sake of disagreeing. But if we're agreeing with them, let's, you know, back it up. Let's say why, like you do have that advantage that a lot of people don't have. And that is that academic background. You mm-hmm. can, you can find research. You can understand research. A lot of people can't. And when you understand that research, you have the skill to synthesize that and put it in really easy to understand terms, which most people can't. Like it's much easier to just pull a quote from a piece of research than it is to explain it in your own words and explain it simply. And by doing that, that instantly, you know, people will look at you as the expert. It's like, Oh, wow. She must know this really well. She must understand this really well. Got it. Yes. Helping them go deeper into the content. Um, yes, that sounds great. Another, uh, question I have, I think is how much, which you've mentioned in other podcasts. Um, so how do I, do I introduce the topics I'm going to be talking about in, in my course or do I keep that to the, course and not really talk about it in my social media content does that make sense okay give me Uh give me an example of let's say like what's the first topic in module one that you'd be teaching them Mm -hmm. like uh how to remove obstacles from love in your personal life okay let's say Mm -hmm. so then rather than teaching them in your free content rather than saying Here are three ways to remove obstacles from love in your personal life. We don't want to have that. But what we could do is start to highlight the way, the obstacles that are in their life that are blocking love, you know, that they might not have realized. Because if somebody then sees your course and 
They see, oh, module one is about removing obstacles in my life that are blocking love, but I don't have any obstacles in my life. But if they've consumed your content where you've actually shown them the obstacles they might not have realized, now they are aware that they have these obstacles and they're much more ready to go and solve that problem. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So repeating, so something like that for each, looking at each concept within each module and thinking, what do they currently believe about this? And what do I need them to believe? So the, with the obstacles example, they currently believe that they don't have any obstacles. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they believe that the obstacles that they have aren't ones that can be removed. That could be another one. Maybe they just mm-hmm. have accepted that this is just how it is and it's not going to change. Um, and, but then we need them to believe that, or we need them to understand that they do have obstacles in their life and the obstacles that they have can be overcome. And that's mm-hmm. going to help them to find love. Mm-hmm. And basically you can do that with the content in all of your course, right? I mean, just touch lightly upon them to make that mindset shift to yes. pique their interest, basically. Yes. And, you know, that's, I think that's really like the core of any kind of launch content is identifying what are those mindset shifts that they need to make mm-hmm. before they'll even be ready to take action. Mm-hmm. Because they're not going to be ready to overcome those obstacles until they understand that those obstacles are there and that they can be overcome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Steph, and regarding more uh, social media, how much? Um, I know a lot of people promote like collaborations and reaching out to other accounts and things like that. How much is that needed, do you think? Or as long as I start like sharing reels and content, you think mm. the followers start coming? No. So the followers don't just come. Don't come. This is, okay. this is a big myth. They just don't because, so Instagram is not a way to grow your audience. Instagram okay. is an audience to grow, just like mm-hmm. your email list is an audience to grow. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you need to be getting in front of new audiences and then driving them back either to your Instagram or to your email list. Having okay. that content there on your Instagram, that is how people will stick around. So when they hear about you on somebody's podcast, for example, and then they come to connect with you on Instagram, they see that you've got all of this content there. They consume your content. They follow you. That's mm-hmm. how we get them to stick around and how we nurture the existing audience. But it's not how we get in front of new people, unfortunately. Like once upon a time, yes, the, the algorithm would show your reels to all the new people. It doesn't. Like it does a little bit, but not as much as it used to. And it's not a reliable method to grow your audience quickly. So what I would then be looking at is what can you do outside of social media to grow your audience? How can you put together some kind of plan where you can get onto other people's podcasts, where you can, um, you know, jump into Facebook groups and answer people's questions and give them some value, uh, you're in launch magic. You've got the 30 day audience growth booster, which is mm-hmm. 30 days of getting in front of different audiences. Now you did mention obviously collaborations and that kind of thing. Yes. Uh, they can work, uh, doing, for example, an Instagram live with another Instagram account that's got that sim- similar kind of audience to you. That can be, that can be effective. Um, but also looking at other kinds of partnerships that you can have with those audio, those people with those audiences, do any of them have a membership you can teach to? Do they have an online course you can teach to? These people all have audiences 
and you have value to share with their audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are a couple of different ways that you can start to get in front of those people. But we really need to look at how are we driving people back mm-hmm. to you rather than hoping that your content gets to people because that's just slow. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen very quickly. Yes. Okay. I will have to focus on that. Um, and TikTok, how much do you recommend it for this? I mean, for my specific audience, I think it's a little bit like the age group is a little bit past the. I don't know about for that. TikTok. No, I don't you think. Well, see, it's definitely becoming more and more common amongst that kind of age group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know the subject that you're talking about is a very popular kind of topic on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I think discoverability on TikTok's better than Instagram. Like it's easier to get found on there than it is by posting Instagram reels. And if you are going ahead and creating those reels, you might as well save the video and post it to TikTok as well. Absolutely. Right. Like you might as well get it to go further if you are already creating those videos. Um, it can, you know, that people can get a lot of get, get stuck with the videoing and the editing because it can take a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you come up with a really streamlined process, maybe outline five videos of just you talking to a camera for 30 seconds, hit record, record them and share them. That's going to save you a lot of time rather than looking for the trending audios, trying to make it really catchy, really fancy. And, you know, that's now taken five hours of your time to do that rather than maybe half an hour to an hour of outlining and recording. Yes, definitely. That's where we get stuck sometimes, you know, so it's like, that's why I tell you that energy flow of the social media content is where you where you can get stuck sometimes. Yeah. And I actually, I, I am very open to saying like, if you find that you're spending too much time on social media and not enough time doing enough things to reach new audiences, so not enough time reaching out to those podcasts, reaching out to people for partnerships, If you're not spending enough time doing that because you're spending too much time on social media, stop spending so much time on social media and spend more time on those things first because Mm -hmm. social media is not going to grow your audience, but those things will grow your audience. Mm -hmm. Steph, one last question. I know you have a book also. Um, How, I, I don't know how much emphasis, I think in your case, it helps your business, right? And all of us that, uh, love all of your content. Uh, in my case, it's a novel. How can I use it for my benefit? Or I mean, obviously for the people that follow me, but in the sense to help me either grow or expand or add value to my brand. Um, I, I think getting really clear on whether it's a, a book that you're using to try and reach new people or a book that you're using to try and nurture the people who are already there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with my book, I'm very intentional. I was very intentional with it. It's very much for people who are already in my audience, but who need to learn a little bit more from me before they'll mm-hmm. be ready to launch. Um, it's, I think it's quite challenging unless you have, you know, a publicist or you're willing to go out and DIY that publicity for your book. I think it's very challenging for it to reach newer audiences. Uh, it's not to say that it can't be done, but you need to have some kind of publicity plan. And I mean, I don't know if it's something that you'd be open to, but doing a book tour, even if it's already been out for a while, maybe you do another book tour, um, reaching out to podcasts and talking about it. You know, when somebody has a book coming out, you know, because all of your top podcasts are interviewing the same person and they're all talking about the same topic. 
so getting, yeah, it's the same concept, I suppose, as trying to reach new people normally, but you're giving them the call to action to read your book rather than mm-hmm. to come and follow you on Instagram or sign up for your email list. Um, yes. So hopefully that answers your question about the book. Yes. It is a challenging yes. one and I don't have a huge amount of experience in marketing a book. I'm sure there are book marketing experts out there who could probably help you better with that than I can. No, but that's that's very clear as to you have to know what's the intention of the book. Yes. Or behind. Exactly. So yes, yes thank you so much. That You're very welcome. Is there any do you have any other follow-up questions? Anything else I can clarify for you? Not for now. I think that helped me immensely. So thank you so much. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for sharing with my listeners. And thank you so much for your time, Dinora. Thank you. All right. That is it for today's episode. If you haven't already hit subscribe, make sure you hit the plus button in Apple Podcasts or the follow button in Spotify and you'll get each new episode straight to your podcast app every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if you have any friends who you think might be struggling with this issue, hit the share button, copy the link, and send it over to them. It's how I get to help more people. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.